0: This is First Up on TSN 1050. Jay Burge, you're last. It's me, hi,
1: I'm the problem, it's me, at
0: T. All right, third hour of First Up here on TSN 1050. Karolnik and Koliakovo. you got some Taylor Swift playing there, and I can officially declare we are not dating anymore. 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 So, so the, yeah, the new song going to write...
1: It's not, it's me, it's I, it's I'm the problem, it's me. It's going to be, it's (laughs) you, it's Aaron, you're the problem, we're not together anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: I mean, if that's how she sings that song, I don't think it'll be as big a hit as Anti Hero, but close. Basically, anything that Taylor Swift puts out will go inevitably to to number one in the charts. But yeah, there was the TMZ report, according to Karla Koliakovo, that Taylor and I are dating, and I can confirm that that is no longer the case. But... Maybe, you know, Taylor was a little disturbed that I spent all my time watching sports, and that's what I was doing uh, for all of yesterday, as anyone who's a sports fan was dialed into not only the Maple Leafs game against the Washington Capitals, but also the NFC and AFC title games that went down yesterday. We saw in the first game, Brock Purdy gets injured early, and... From then on, San Francisco simply stood no shot. Their fourth stringer, Josh Johnson, comes in. He was completely ineffective. Then he leaves the game with a concussion. Eventually, San Fran brings back Brock Purdy, who has a UCL injury, and who knows how significant that injury will be, but he could not throw the ball. The Eagles throttle San Fran 31-7 to advance to the Super Bowl for the first time since, of course, the Nick Foles Super Bowl back in 2017. But let's be honest here, Coco, that first game was pretty junk. The second game was nothing of that sort. You had Cincinnati and KC, a rematch of last year's AFC title game, and it lived up to the hype. As far as theater goes, I mean, you're not going to find... A more entertaining back and forth upside down game, <laughs> uh, more so than that, and the officiating definitely had something to do with it some of the poor decisions made by players on both sides, and ultimately, it was the Kansas City Chiefs who emerged victorious 23 to twenty, setting up what will be an incredible Super Bowl in thirteen days
1: so here's my list of disappointing things that transpired <laughs> yesterday. obviously Brock Purdy getting hurt took the luster right out of that game. You know, credit to San Fran, they made it a game making it 7-7, but clearly with Josh Johnson at center, you knew they had no chance at winning this game. And let's be honest, if they ended up winning that game, would you want to watch a San Francisco team in the Super Bowl with Josh Johnson as their quarterback? Because apparently with all reports coming out of San Francisco is that Brock Purdy suffered a UCL injury. He's having an MRI today, which will determine the extent of the injury. And clearly the reason why he couldn't play is because he couldn't throw. Yeah. Even when he came into the game in, in relief of Josh Johnson, he came in and basically handed the ball off. And at, at times it was Christian McCaffrey playing quarterback late in the fourth quarter. So that's one list. one number one on my list of disappointing things. The other disappointing thing is, too, as great as that Cincinnati and Kansas City game was, it was highlighted by horrendous refereeing, again, as a whole. All game, especially in that fourth quarter, with some of the, the decisions that were made with penalties and just even giving Cincinnati or Kansas City an extra down because the, the referees screwed up the play clock and whatever it was. You, If you scroll Twitter... Literally every four or five things that pop up on your screen, it's somebody new complaining about the refereeing. And and look, again, this is a bigger conversation where, you know, it's 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 almost an every week discussion where in primetime games or even in other games that happen throughout the weekend, there is something that the referees do that have an impact on the outcome of the game. And that needs to change. The NFL needs to seriously do something about it because the, the referees had too much control in that game and what the outcome of the game was. You can go back to that last play with Patrick Mahomes. Okay, you can call it apparently. You can also call it embellishment. But you can also call two holding calls on the offensive line as Patrick Mahomes scrambles outside the pocket to get that first down. You go back to the to, to the punt with 40 seconds left. There's two block in the backs that were clear, it, 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 it clear as day and that, that were missed that allowed Skyler Moore to run it past uh uh half field. So again, the referees were the were the big uh not to mention the mulligan too, with with ten and, minutes left in the game, right, the, the mulligan, mulligan play. play. And my other <laughs> biggest Kansas disappointment City, yeah. on this list is I mean, we had, we were 20 seconds away from watching the first overtime game in this playoffs, which we could have seen the new rules play out in this playoffs, I which know, clearly we didn't I get know. a chance to see, which is what I was excited about. I'm like, okay, finally, we're going to see an overtime game. We're going to see both teams have a possession. The reason why they changed the rule, let's see it happen. And that was robbed for us, too. So... So that's my list of disappointing things. And the Raptors I did, won two games this weekend. So that's another disappointment. Yeah, thing. no, I
0: mean, I, I agree. They did lose to Golden State. They do beat up on Portland. That was a, a shocker. But as far as the storylines heading into the game and say what you will about them following it. I mean, it was almost this thing with Kansas City where it's like nobody believes in us. No disrespect burrowhead head and. And then the Cincinnati mayor comes out and says that Joe Burrow is Patrick Mahomes' father. And all these narratives surrounding the game. like The Kansas City Chiefs Burrow 74, yeah, 74 wins in the last five years. I mean, this has been the class of the NFL. Uh, they've hosted the AFC title game in five consecutive years. They've got the best player in the sport in Mahomes. And I want you to listen to what Mahomes had to say following the game about kind of the disrespect that he and his team was feeling heading into the game against Cincinnati. The guys were probably the most pumped up I'd seen them going into a football game. A lot of trash talk coming from a lot of different places. I think no one picked us to win. If so, it was like 5% of people. Um, and uh, we think we've built up enough respect to have a chance to go out and win every game. So uh, whenever you feel like you're the underdog, when you're playing at Arrowhead Stadium, it gets guys ready to go. See, I find that so interesting because Kansas City was the betting favorite to win the game. Nobody picked us to win. And, and yeah. that's the beauty of professional athletes right there. You can distill and kind of try to figure out ways to motivate yourself in ways that very few professions can. Like what Mahomes just said was completely untrue. Like 5% of people picking Kansas City to win. No, no, that is not correct at all. It well, the there narrative. is a
1: little bit of truth to that. Like 80% of the betting public was on Cincinnati. Like maybe 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 on certain books, but I mean by game time that wasn't the
0: case at all. No, that was Ruth, the case. In fa- we in favor of, we looked
1: at it. We looked at it and, in, in and favor of was- Kansas
0: City. But as hold on, hold on. As as far as Mahomes being able to create this narrative in his head, and you heard we'll hear from Frank Clark in just a second. Travis Kelsey falling. You need to find little ways to motivate yourself, and for a guy like Mahomes who's got this ankle injury and. Four to five hours of treatment a day. Maybe he's just watching the Cincinnati mayor clip on repeat or or Eli (laughs) Apple talking trash to his team or the Burrowhead stuff. Whatever it takes to motivate yourself, convince yourself that you are the underdog, you're disrespected, because none of that was true. I mean, Uh. Patrick Mahomes, most accomplished quarterback in the NFL right now, I'm having Brady, of course, but Mahomes, the Chiefs, however, they were able to fashion this narrative to play out in some way, shape, or form that was not actually the case. It worked for them. And do the Kansas City Chiefs need any added motivation to beat Cincinnati than the mayor or people calling Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead? Of course not. It's the AFC Championship game. These are the best athletes on the planet. But they were able to use it in a certain way, and it paid off for them. And as Mahomes said... That's the most motivated he's seen his team heading into a game, and he's seen his team play some big football games. The Kansas
1: City Chiefs played this to perfection, okay? Because all week, all they had to hear about was how the betting public was siding with Cincinnati because of the injury to Mahomes, the high ankle sprain, and, you know, Burrow owning the Chiefs, you know, Burrow owning Arrowhead. There's so many narratives that could be built as to why the Kansas City Chiefs played this perfectly because they knew Patrick Mahomes was going to play. They also, game time, they plant the seed. Oh, Travis Kelsey's been dealing with back issues. Again, to put more confidence into Cincinnati's brain, knowing that, they knew that Travis Kelsey was going to play that game, and they knew he was going to play as good as he did. So you know, the perfect act of gamesmanship by the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I learned one thing in my career, and it's from a couple coaches, where in playoff series, regardless of if you win or lose, you're always deflecting. You're always deflecting compliments, confidence, criticism. You're always putting it on the other team because you want them to, to to feel good about themselves going into a matchup where you use that as your motivation to come out and prove the naysayers or even just the other team wrong. And that's exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs did. And I knew going into this game, hearing that the betting public was so high on, K- on Cincinnati, knowing that Casey's line was moving up, knowing that Patrick Mahomes was going to play, knowing that K- Travis Kelsey was going play, I was saying to myself, there's too many people counting out the best team in the league right now with the best quarterback. And clearly, they got the last laugh because as we heard postgame, it was Travis Kelsey who was the guy who had the last laugh. Let's listen to him talk to the crowd about how he feels about Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, I mean,
0: first of all, I just want to thank God, man. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <Burrowing laughs> my ass!
1: Woo! It's Mahomes' house! <laughs> oh,
0: man, Travis Kelsey is so cool. I love this guy. He is hilarious. We have a bunch of Travis Kelsey clips. He was the star of the show in the postgame. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's listen to him t- addressing the mayor of Cincinnati as well, Chrissy.
2: I got some wise words for that cincinnati mayor know your role and shut your mouth you jabroni
0: <laughs> you gotta fight for your right uh,
1: jabroni! it's it's one thing to tell the cincinnati mayor to know his role and shut his mouth but to follow that up by calling him a jabroni Oh my god! It's brilliant! It it's, is absolutely brilliant. There is brilliant. one more clip Epic. which we have not Epic. we have not yet listened to on the
0: bulletin board material. Uh, let's take a listen.
1: Arrowhead, you can call him a home's house. Arrowhead can, they, they, they can save that or kick that kick rocks, baby? They can
2: save that for some other time, man. They they, they posted a lot of bulletin board material. They don't mean shit unless you come in here and play. Uh, and our guys played all four quarters, all three phases. You saw Sky Moore get that big time return late. Like, it's just an
0: awesome field right now. That's great stuff. That's great stuff from from Travis Kelsey. It really it really doesn't. Was, get that, any better was that Kelsey
1: than that. as well? Yeah, that that was Kelsey okay. as well. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. that gotcha.
0: was Kelsey's kick rocks. Kick yeah. rocks. we got to
1: start incorporating that. And look, good for them. I love the fact that they called everybody out. I love the fact that they called the mayor out for saying the most idiotic thing he could possibly say in his own press conference that he called on Friday. (laughs) Like, who who does that? What mayor calls a press conference on Friday before one of the biggest games that your city is about to play in against a team that is recognized as one of the best teams in the NFL and come out and say... We are officially changing the name of Arrowhead Stadium to Burrowhead Stadium because Joe Burrow owns the Kansas City Chiefs and Arrowhead Stadium. And by the way, we demand a paternity test for Patrick Mahomes because (laughs) we believe that Joe Burrow is his... DNA father. It's like, what the hell are you doing, you <laughs> his idiot? You biological dad. <laughs>
0: God. Yo, bro. Oh, man. It's- How yeah, yeah, we- <laughs> dare you, little jabroni? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only thing fitting would be if Travis Kelsey actually grabs the Cincinnati mayor, drops the people's elbow on him, Ooh. and lays the smack down him with the, what, what was the, the name of his finishing move? The uh, rock bottom, the rock bottom. Yes, you're the, the wrestling fan he here, guys. not me. I yes. mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's yes. uh, it's some special stuff. Uh, we will hear from Frank Clark a little bit later. Andy Reid, everybody kept pointing back to that mayor and the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, I don't know how many times that team watched the mayor of Cincinnati's theatrics on Friday, but clearly it was a big motivator for them. Is it the reason they won? Of course not but it's something that they can really take post-game and really relish the opportunity to rub it in his face. And I'm hopeful we hear from the Cincinnati mayor at some point today who is maybe trying to eat his words uh, a little bit. I mean, backtracking, that would be be a wise move.
1: So, you know, it would be great. Like, now now that we know the teams that are playing, people are calling it the Kelsey Bowl. They're calling it the Andy Reid Bowl because it's Andy Reid versus his former team. We have two weeks right now of buildup towards the Super Bowl. I, I want to see the trash talk between the brothers, Travis and, will. and and Jay, is it Jason Kelsey?
0: Jason Kelsey, Jason for the Eagles, Kelsey, yeah, in a podcast. So, yeah. they will be doing the podcast. Oh, that'd be awesome!
1: It'd be awesome. Can't wait.
0: So. We've got Mark Dominic, our NFL insider, the former GM of the Bucks. He's, box. he's up jabroni. in about 15 minutes. No, no, he is the furthest thing from a jabroni. Yeah. One of the best guests he's in sports peacock. radio. Again, he's he's up in about 15 minutes. We'll play some of our winners of the weekend on the other side and we've got Ahmet Mann, we've got Anthony Gargano live from Philadelphia as well in about 45 minutes. You won't want to miss that. I can guarantee it. Yeah. He is one of the best guests in sports radio along with Mark Dominic. So we are locked and loaded here on this Monday morning. Our winners of the weekend on the other side, and the Waste Management Contest continues as well. We've got our special keyword for the Monday edition of the contest coming up at some point in the next hour. More first up here on TSN 1050.
1: I gotta get out of here. I think I'm gonna lose. The weekend is over.
0: Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's
2: got a case of the Mondays.
1: Ah, but don't fret. You're all winners! This is Winners of the weekend.
0: Every Monday around this time, we give out our winners of the weekend, the world of sports and beyond. We've got Mark Dominic standing by. You're always a winner when you hear his NFL analysis up in about 11 minutes time. But Coco, who are you picking for your winners of the weekend?
1: All right. I got a couple. Uh, first off, winner of the weekend is Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers because in a blowout win, they were given the coach a pep talk to put ebug goalie Matt Berlin into the game in Edmonton with three minutes left. they put him in and he got a raring ovation from the roaring ovation from the crowd. Um, the University of Alberta goaltender made his debut in the NHL you know tough situation for them with uh, Stuart Skinner dealing with an illness. so that was a cool moment in the it's NHL. Awesome. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, what can you say about this guy playing on what they call a high ankle sprain? Not only did he help win the game, but he won an Oscar for his award-winning <laughs> act, selling that call, the 15-yard penalty, which ultimately allowed the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to get in position to win the game. Uh, our boy, our our friend of the show, hopefully we can get him on one day so we can actually, uh, you know, Confirm that friend of the show, Max Homa. What's up, my farmers. homas? Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that uh, he won the farmer's insurance in comeback fashion uh, the way that he did. And, man, was he clutched down the stretch. Made a couple of big sand shots, a couple of big shots out of the rough to seal the deal with his win. And my final winner of the weekend is Novak Djokovic. I mean, what, how much more is there possibly you know can be said about this guy and what he's accomplished in his career winning his 22nd career grand slam tying Rafael Nadal for the most it's almost inevitable that he's going to win his next one hopefully sometime soon but just to think that everything that guy's gone through over the last year with the covid passports whatever you want to call them anymore and his deportation from Australia coming in sealing the deal winning over Stefanos Tsitsipas in the finals Uh, Novak Djokovic is a winner of the weekend. Yeah, you you talk about added motivation for someone to win somewhere. I mean, not that Djokovic
0: needs any more motivation, but yeah, to win the Australian Open at Melbourne, a place he's had so much success and yeah, the way he was handled last year. Say what you will about how it was treated in retrospect, but uh, clearly a lot of motivation for Djokovic, and he came up huge. His 10th Australian Open title. And he took out our boy Tsitsipas, which is you know we were fans of Stefanos, yes. uh, following hit some of his comments, and now uh, we're big fans of Stefanos Tsitsipas. But uh, beating Djokovic these days, uh, not easy, that's to say the least. How about precious Achua, I mean yeah. the Raptors, he was incredible. He's been unbelievable since maybe the last two three weeks, and. Um, you know that's uh, that's a notable notable thing for the Raptors because they didn't have him for a long time and suffered that foot injury early in the season, but he is definitely rounding in a form deserves some kudos for his performance. The Raptors lose to Golden State on Friday but beat Portland on Saturday and they're back in action tonight on TSN 1050. Morgan Riley's got to be a winner of the weekend. first goal of the season and he needed it too. Let's queue up Morgan Riley post game. Where he was addressing the media, and he was asked how it feels to finally score in his 36th game.
1: <laughs> just, just <laughs> relief. That's all. Uh, it felt good. Got some good karma yesterday uh, from Easter Seals. Uh, so was was out there with those guys a lot and smiling, and uh, you know, I think that's what it was. You made good on your promise to them. Yeah, and, well, I I wouldn't call it a promise. It was more of a, a hopeful guess,
2: but, but uh, that's about it. Yeah, it's
0: nice. like Paul O'Neill and Seinfeld. Yeah, I'll hit two dingers for you, little Jimmy. I think, uh I don't know if Morgan yeah. Riley was promising a goal, but uh, he did get one, and good for him. I mean, getting off the schneid for Morgan Riley, uh, very, very
1: uh, necessary for his uh, self-esteem, I'm sure. Right, it reminded me of that baseball moment. Remember when Brett Phillips, the second baseman for the Tampa Bay Rays, was talking to this young kid who had cancer that was out to see him, big fan of his, and he promised to hit him a home run. And the next game, he hit him a home run. It was one of the coolest moments ever. Sports gods,
0: man. Sports Sports gods, gods, buddy. Right there. And I think John Tavares deserves some love, too. He's playing his 1,000th game. His two kids were there. His wife, his family, Kyle Dubas, presenting Tavares with the silver stick. And it was a great ceremony and a great Celebration of a guy who's just been the captain of the Leafs for a long time now, an elder statesman of of this Toronto team. He's been incredible uh, for a long time in the National Hockey League. A thousand games is a serious accomplishment, and uh, he's a guy with 964 career points. Probably will get to 500-plus goals in his career, too. Uh, Deserves a
1: lot of kudos on a morning like today. And we must mention, a winner of the weekend we've been talking about all morning is the guy that stole the show after the Kansas City game yesterday when he had this to say about the Kansas City mayor.
2: Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. (laughs) You gotta fight!
1: Travis Kelsey.
0: I absolutely love the guy, man. How about the the Jay Glazer reporting leading up to it? Oh, game, true game time decision. Was getting shots in his back the last three days. Uh, Very questionable to play. And he goes out and looks like Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. I think if we learned anything from the last couple weeks with Kansas City... Don't believe Don't a single hair
1: coming <laughs> exactly. out of their
0: injury. Oh, yeah, high ankle sprain for Mahomes. Yeah, okay. Gamesmanship. Uh, they Kelsey. played it
1: to perfection, buddy. No kidding. They, played yeah, it they, to perfection. they
0: truly did, and it's the Chiefs and the Eagles football fans, winners of the weekend, because that matchup will be simply incredible. Mark Dominic standing by. Anthony Gargano live from Philadelphia. I wonder how late he was out celebrating. He loves the Eagles, does Anthony, a host for 97.5, the Fanatic in Philadelphia. But again, Mark at the former GM of the Bucks, will break down the weekend that was and look ahead to the Super Bowl with him next. What's up, my homas? <laughs> 10, 9, 8. The Philadelphia Eagles have won the NFC Championship. 4, 3, 2, 1 by the
2: final score the eagles 31 the 49ers 7.
0: attention air traffic control a flock of eagles is
1: heading to
0: arizona the play-by-play voice of the eagles had a long time to work on that final call that was a game that was pretty much decided after brock purdy suffered that elbow injury early in the first quarter Josh Johnson comes into the game, and it's funny because we've had Mark Dominic on this show for a long time, on the station for a long time, and Josh Johnson's name seems to come up a lot with Mark Dominic because he was part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers brass that drafted Josh Johnson into the National Football League, and I'm sure Mark, who is going to join us in just a second, kind of felt the same way we all did when Josh Johnson trots out on the field. It's like, ooh, this is probably not going to go so well for the San Francisco 49ers. That was indeed the case. They lose 31-7 to to Philadelphia. Let's bring him in. It is the former GM of the Bucks. our friend Mark Dominic. Am I right, Mark, with your assessment when uh, your old buddy Josh Johnson was called onto the field? You... Probably grimaced, much like every single San Francisco 49er <laughs> fan.
2: Well, I mean, in a way I did, because when you're on your
0: fourth quarterback in one
2: season, you're like, there's just no chance. And Josh, Josh is a machine. Like, I don't even understand. But I mean, he's uh, he's somehow now played, which is great for Josh, but he's played almost 13, 14. I mean, he's been he got we drafted him in the fifth round back in 2008. And they said when they put him on the field, if you guys were listening, it's like 13 teams. You're like, holy cow. I mean, (laughs) no one's ever played. You know, the third time he's played for the 49ers, like – wow, it shows you the state of, like, if you can hold a clipboard and just be a good person, you could play backup quarterback for a long time in the NFL, but sadly, a backup quarterback's not going to get it done when you're playing against Jalen yeah. Hurts and that
1: Eagles team. Just ask Chase Daniels that, that uh, yes, question. Yes, he's made over $40 made million. Like, dollars. <laughs> yeah, no $40 kidding. million. Dollars and holding throwing like holding a clipboard, yeah. Um, well, I mean, if Josh Johnson didn't have Butterfingers either, maybe the, oh. the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> would have put him in a better spot, but... I mean, you're watching that game, Mark. Uh, you feel for Brock Purdy. You feel for the San Francisco 49ers. But clearly you knew when Brock Purdy was, was out, they had no chance of winning that game, right? Yeah, you, you, you
2: knew that that was the, the gas at any bit that they had and any hope that they had. Obviously, you know, McCaffrey ran, had a great run, broke some tackles, showed his quickness. And so to keep the game tight that early on, you're like, okay, this is going to be better than I thought because I actually thought the Eagles would win. It's easy to say it today, but I thought, you know, I had picked the Eagles to win this game. And yet I did, you know, I was kind of like, oh, geez, looks like the 49ers are coming to play. And then when Brock Purdy hits his elbow and, uh, you know, you see Josh Johnson come on the field. And again, Josh has played a lot of ball, but you could just sense they're like, we can't go through this again. Not another Mm -hmm. quarterback. And Brock had done such a great job of putting everything. It was never too big for him. And uh, it looked the same way. Like this is the NFC championship game and Brock Purdy looked, you know, comfortable out there and handing the ball off and, and making it. Just four for four before yeah. he left the game. Yeah, no, I yeah. They <laughs> made him come back and throw because they had no uh-huh. one left to play. I mean it was it was shocking. Um but you know, this Eagles team has been a team that people loved all off season and they have lived up. And this is a guy, Howie Roseman, who's the general manager as we know, um, not only has a good team right now, but remember, every year he's found a way to compile and, and have another first-round pick. So they already have weapons for next year and extra picks for next year. So this is a really yeah. exciting time for Philadelphia Eagle fans. And it's a very exciting time for Jalen Hurts because he's pushing himself into that forty to $45 million a year talk as well as a chance to win the Super Bowl and maybe be the MVP of the game.
1: Yeah, he's been an incredible story and clearly you know, a piece that they like, clearly need you know, on that team because of – how this Eagles teams looks with and without them. And I'm with you. I, I, I think the Eagles are a team that nobody gives enough credit for. And, you know, they've had a pretty easy path to get there. I mean, let's, let's not get ourselves Daniel Jones and the giants. And then you play your fourth string quarterback in the NFC championship game. It doesn't get much easier than that, but Hey, well, I guess that's the advantage of getting the number one seed. You get the number one seed, you get the whole, my home field advantage, you get the you know, the favorable matchups, which is what they did. They took care of their own business, but just to go back to San Fran, I, I want to ask you this question, Mark. When Brock Purdy left the game and they panned to the sideline, you can just see the disappointment in Kyle Shanahan's face because he's he's here again in the NFC Championship game, and he's here playing with a fourth-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Do you think right now in the offseason, Tom Brady is a realistic op, uh, a player you know, decision when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers, knowing that that's a guy that they can count on with health and longevity and making sure he's out there for games like this?
2: You know, I i, I don't I don't think Tom Brady's going to go to the 49ers. I, I think because of what they've got invested in Trey Lance, what they feel like they may have in Brock Purdy, that I don't think that they're going to do that ultimate move and say, hey, look, we can win a championship real quick with Tom, and everybody goes on hold. It's a team that a lot of people have talked about for years, uh, you know, it, my gut instinct now, again, if you want a quick fix, but I don't know if Shanahan feels like he needs that or wants that. I don't know if John Lynch wants it. I mean, obviously they, they show you that they went and got, and got McCaffrey, and that did turn out to be a good trade for them. Now, building this team going forward, they're very depleted. But uh, I, I, I still think Tampa's going to fight everything they can to keep Tom there and say the grass isn't really greener. I think that's why you saw the change with Byron Leftwich. Those two did not get along. Those two did not meet, I found out. They never met. Like, uh, Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich didn't even have meetings. Like, that's wow. crazy to me uh, that they, they, they didn't talk that much and they didn't have, like, a group or individual sit-down time. So, that being said, you know, do I still think that Tom could end up in San Francisco? I do, but I think that they're a, such a dark horse that I think other teams are so much more desperate that they're going to be willing to put something different on the table where I think the 49ers will be financially strapped to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, and we've seen it over the years, Mark, having that rookie quarterback on the entry-level deal. Like Purdy and Trey Lance combined have a cap hit of 10.2 million dollars next year that puts San Francisco in such an advantageous mm-hmm. position of the rest of the NFL allowing them to pay guys like McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Trent Williams and Bosa and Fred Warner I mean the list goes on and on San Francisco's in a great spot heading into next season regardless of who their quarterback is if it's Brady or Purdy or whoever but as far as the AFC title game goes I mean Carlo and I have almost been struggling to put it into words because there were some very questionable decisions by the officials, questionable decisions by the players, notably the unnecessary roughness call on Joseph Asai with 17 seconds left, and Mahomes and Kelsey battling through these injuries. When you look back at last night, what is your main takeaway from the Chiefs beating the Bengals?
2: Well, I would say this. I thought the Bengals did not play their best game, and they almost beat the Chiefs is the way I look at it. Like, I felt like the Bengals uh, – and I've been a Chiefs fan. They start, I got started in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs, so it's hard for me not to root for the Chiefs just because that's where I got my break. Um, but I look at that Bengals team and say, boy, they didn't play their best at all tonight. And they almost won. They almost beat the chiefs. And that's how it felt. Like you could see Mahomes' ankle was getting worse and worse as the game went on. I thought, well, that's going to play a part or that's going to be a thing. Here's the only thing I could tell you. Um, and and I'm going to put you in a time warp, but back in 2013, we opened the season against the New York jets and we kick a field goal with 38 seconds left to go to take the lead. And Geno Smith's the quarterback of the Jets, and you know he throws an incomplete pass, throws the ball down the field to Kellen Winslow for twenty five yards goes up and spikes the ball right now they're at the forty five yard line uh, they're forty five so they've got a long ways to go with about fifteen seconds left. So the next play comes up, and Geno Smith scrambles for about eight to ten yards, so it gets to the forty five of Tampa and Levante David pushes Geno Smith out of bounds fifteen yard penalty. They line up, kick the field goal, we lose the game just like that and and i I just you know. For Osai, for the Bengals fans, like, here's the thing, right? It didn't define the whole game. There was other areas you could lose, but you never – like, when that happened, I'm like, oh, that's the same play that happened to me. Ten years ago, I still remember that play. Like, you can't – you don't let it go. And, then, and so you feel sick to their stomach for the Bengals to have to lose a game that way. It wasn't that one play. And, again, at the Jets game, it wasn't that one play. We could have done something different somewhere along the way, so it didn't come to that. But I, I did feel like the Bengals are such a good football team, they're going to be a good football team for a while, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch these matchups, but uh you know what the chiefs outlast, and that's the one thing you've got to do and and, and Patrick Mahomes gutted through it, and that's incredible because if it was a high ankle sprain fellows, that is so hard to play through that and I know they shot it up pregame they had to have, but that you could tell that shot was already wearing off because he was pushing it so hard he made it through so you know Kansas yeah. City birds and uh, you know, it makes for good food in the Super Bowl if you're, you're eating some of those hometown foods.
1: <laughs> no kidding. Hey, look, I mean, it was a gutsy effort by Mahomes and gutsy effort by okay. the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's hard for Cincinnati. Not only do you got to go to Arrowhead and, yeah, you know, you got to try to win a game there, you got to try to beat the Chiefs, now you're trying to play against the referees too. And, uh, Mark, I got to ask you, because this is a big topic of discussion this morning. Everywhere you look on Twitter, someone's making a comment of the referees in that game. I, look, you can say what you want about the, the last play of the game. Mahomes did what he had to do in that play to embellish that call, so he got the call to go in his favor. But that I, I could have easily been okay with no call in that play either because Asai is running at full speed, and he basically shoves him with one arm with the left hand. So, again, say say what you want about it. But what do you make of the, the fact that the referees actually helped determine the outcome of that game instead of just the players determining that because there was so many questionable calls made in that game
2: yeah you know what uh, you know you think about you go back to I think the best thing is you could say is you go back to um uh the 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 dead ball play excuse me where where they blew the whistle short right it was obviously it was third game an extra down yeah and so they get to play again right they they, instead of that game that play starting and and the Bengals getting was stopping the Bengals getting the ball back they're like wait we blew, blew blew the play dead Tough for me to say. Anyway, um, I looked at that and, and so that's football. Like, sometimes that happens, and that's unfortunate. So I don't really get angry about it. Yes, he he said he heard a whistle, and that, you know, it is what it is. Whether he heard the whistle or not, you know, he must have. And so he he, he play, calls the play dead. And, and I think that's just disappointment across the board in um, frustration. Sad to see that happen. But uh, that's football. So that one doesn't bother me as much. And, and to your point, like, Osai, you know, it's almost like he just gives him a little nudge. And it's on the Bengals' sideline. So, you know, that's where I thought maybe they'd get it. As soon as it happened, I'm like, Ooh, it's on the Bengals' side. And then mm-hmm. that flag came out literally about three seconds later, or two or three seconds. It felt like two or three seconds later. And I'm sure that was Chiefs fans because it was in the Chiefs' stadium. And a couple players right around that Officials like, whoa. And, and he felt obligated, like, I got to call that. Uh, so, you know, that's a really tough one. But it is a bang-bang call. Like, I think if that call was under instant replay – I think you'd have to say, well, that's a, you can't push the dude when he's out of bounds, even though it was lighthearted and it didn't seem hard, and Osai almost mm-hmm. blew his knee out. Uh, so, you know, I looked at this game and said, uh, you know, you don't want the officials to have a big impact. Yes, they might have missed a holding call in the last play. I've seen that. The and two of that. them. Yeah, both, both guys were getting <laughs> – I mean, both guys were – the arms were up by the neck, and you're like, well, I wouldn't just say Orlando Brown was doing that. But, you know, the Chiefs made the, the big plays. I mean, obviously the, the batted ball for the interception was a huge play for Kansas City yeah. – Earlier in that game, fourth and of, one, yeah, fourth and one, they
1: go for it and they get a touchdown. They, on they get the, the touchdown play.
2: on a, t- a play that broke down. Right. And yeah. so then so you got to give the Chiefs credit for making plays when they had to to keep themselves in the game. Again, Kansas City's going to Super Bowl. It's going to be an uphill battle for the Chiefs, in my personal opinion. But, uh, you know, it shows me the Bengals are so good that they can play a, a bad or not great game and still almost, uh, you know, represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And that's how good this Bengals team is.
0: Our NFL analyst, Mark Dominic, our guest here on First Up, the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You, you mentioned the Super Bowl matchup, Mark, which is just absolutely tremendous. You have... The Kelsey brothers, the first brothers to face off in the Super Bowl. You have Andy Reid, the coach (laughs) of the Kansas City Chiefs, against his former team in Philadelphia. But it sounds, based on what you just said there, that you're leaning Eagles over Kansas City, at least at this point. Please explain why.
2: Yeah, it's dangerous, especially with Andy Reid having a couple extra weeks and knowing what he can do. I just think, here's the thing, Kansas City uh, has a run game-ish Right, but they've never really had that, and I think Miles Sanders. You know, clearly when he's going, he's that guy. He's their run game guy, and I just I feel like that's missing for Kansas City, and I wonder if that's going to come back and haunt them uh, once they get in into this championship game because not just just the fact of uh, that they don't have a you know I think Mahomes still won't be a hundred percent, but Pashenko is a good player, but you know they don't have that bigger back when you need one, and I think because of what Jalen Hurts can do with his feet, and again scoring a touchdown again yesterday. Uh, I just think that's going to be too hard for Kansas City to, to handle the pressure while A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are able to win one-on-one against, you know, will, I think Willie Sneed will be back. W- Willie Sneed. LeJerry Sneed will be back, old school. Um, I think LeJerry mm-hmm. Sneed will be back for the Chiefs, the cornerback that got the, like, looked like a pretty tough concussion. We'll see with two weeks to go. But I just feel like they pose such a threat because they can run the ball with Miles Sanders because they can beat you one-on-one, and they've got Jalen Hurts. So I just think it's, it's a heavy load. Uh, to be able to handle, and I think that the, when the Eagles are set, the difference between what the Bengals had to put out there on offensive line, what the Eagles will put out there on offensive line, is tremendously different. And I think because the edges are going to be so much more secure with the Eagles on the edge, it's going to help them have a little bit more time to be able to do what they want. So that's why I lean. As much as internally I want the Chiefs to win, uh, like I've said, I, I just think the Eagles pose a bigger, tougher matchup because I think offensively that's going to be a real issue for Steve Spagnola and that defense.
1: Great minds think alike, Mark. Me and you are on the same page, buddy. I'm all Eagles in this one. I like the Chiefs. I like the <laughs> Go ahead. I haven't uh, seen the
2: spread yet, guys. What's the spread yeah. in the game already? Well,
1: actually, it's funny you mention
0: that on FanDuel, the – chiefs opened up as two and a half point favorites wow. and now it's the eagles who are two point yeah. favorites so that line has moved significantly a lot of money coming in on philadelphia so yeah.
1: clearly the well, makes me is, is in line <laughs> with you mark go ahead carl oh, just makes you feel better mark makes you feel better uh we couldn't go a week of football without jerry jones making an impact in in the news of football because it was right in between games yesterday when the report came out that Kellen Moore is no longer going to be the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy will be calling offensive plays for the Cowboys next year what did you make of that move and what do you think the future is for Kellen Moore
2: well shocking for me that, that this would happen um, Kellen Moore was a guy that you felt like As time was going through, that he was going to become, you know, prepped for that next uh, head coaching opportunity, that next head coaching job. And um, so when he gets fired, uh, it just, it's surprising. What it does to me is it spends everything in fast motions for Coach Mike, uh, you know, McCarthy. And what I mean by that is I think Jerry's kind of like, hey, look, either you get this thing right or you're out. And I think he's like, okay, for me to get it right, I'm going to call the plays. I need to call the plays again. And so therefore, now, you know, Mike McCarthy's like, Look, I'm gonna put it all on the line this year. It's gonna be my last year coaching the Cowboys. If we don't, you know, get to the NFC championship game or get to the Super Bowl, then I'm probably gonna to get fired. And yes, you are, because they're holding on to Dan Quinn to replace him. Right? They keep Quinn keeps going out there the defense coordinator, keeps going out there interviewing for spots and keeps coming back to Dallas because Jerry Jones opens up the pocketbook and says, How about four million a year to be the defense coordinator? How about four and a half million dollars a year to yeah, be defense? I wish coordinator. the
1: Bills would have did that with Dayball.
2: Right. Jeez. Right. You just open up the pocketbook a little bit heavier and say, is that really the job you want? Or do you want to wait one more year? And especially because Quinn's been a head coach before he knows, like, I better pick the right spot. And so maybe these he, weren't as attractive as it could have been. You know, uh, I'm not sure. But, you know, uh, you know, we'll see how that works out. But that's what I think happened. And so therefore, uh, this shocking thing happens with Kellen Moore because you'd never heard an ounce of issue out outside of Dallas. Like I've never heard anything. So I think Kellen Moore. Uh, will interview fast and, 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 and all over the place, especially when these new head coaches finally get named at some of these organizations. And I think he'll get hired. I think he could be the offensive coordinator for a Houston Texans, or, or, you know, I don't know what his connections are to other people around the league. That's the big thing, as you know, it's kind of a, a merry-go-round sometimes in the NFL. But Kellen's never had a chance to be a free agent like this, but I don't, I just can't imagine him standing pat. And, uh, you know, being a guy that you're like, I would interview Kellen Moore in two minutes and as for a coordinator job, or maybe it's the, the quarterback job or whatever, passing game coordinator. But I want to bring him in because I want to pick his brain and see what, what happened, why this happened, uh, and then also what does he know and, and how does my head coach uh, consider him as a, as a possibility. But it was a big surprise to me because obviously Dallas had made moves, but then boom, out of nowhere, they, they pushed it even further.
0: Well, it does sound like D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for San Francisco, will be the new head coach of the Houston Texans, perhaps as, as early as today, if not later this week. Sure. So uh, no shortage of news on the way in the NFL. I'm sure we'll hear a lot about Brady and Rodgers this week. Of course, no game coming up on Sunday, the Super Bowl, two Sundays from now. the oh, Eagles. Oh, oh,
2: Aaron, Aaron, don't forget there's flag football this weekend and Pro
1: Bowl. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah, sorry, 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 the Pro Bowl, my <laughs> yeah, don't mistake. don't forget the
0: Pro Bowl and the flag
1: football, yeah, to okay. me, as, as
2: a former GM, I I think that's worse than playing football like i actually think that's a <laughs> worse
0: idea because i think yeah, you have a better getting hurt but do not forget to play football no I, come on I couldn't, I couldn't possibly sorry mark i let you down once again I thank you for doing this we'll catch up with you next week and i imagine there'll be lots to get into yes. this time next month lots of Thanks coaching hires. see you guys see that's you mark dominic the former gm of the Bucks. one of the best guests we've got here on tsn radio no doubt and another coming up in about 15 minutes Anthony Gargano, live from the city of brotherly love.
1: You you know fell, do you think he you think he slept last night?
0: Uh, we're going to find out. I hope not. There's, I hope he's still He's probably delirious. still hanging
1: on that street pole.
0: <laughs> he could be climbing the street <laughs> pole. He's quite calling us from filling. the top
1: of the street pole on his cell phone. <laughs> yeah, I
0: hope so. I hope so. From 97.5, the fanatic Anthony Gargano in about 15 minutes. We've got our waste management open keyword on the way as well. Plus, Amit Man on the Raps big win over the Blazers, and what could come next for the Raps, who may be turning the corner just a little bit. More First Up. Hour number three continues after this. Depending on how you feel about the Toronto Raptors, their trajectory heading into the February 9th deadline, it was a mixed weekend for them. Back on First Up, Korolnik and Koliakovo, they lose to the Golden State Warriors on Friday night. That was a great game offensive exhibition uh, from both teams there and on Saturday they come out with an unbelievable show against the Portland Trailblazers with the up 36-17 in the fourth in the first quarter they were awesome Precious Achua has been playing some great basketball and wouldn't you know it season 11 of Open Gym presented by Bell is available now on YouTube. Open Gym is your opportunity to take a look at the Raptors behind the scenes. And now we're opening Scotiabank Arena. You will look behind the scenes of Open Gym. All right, we're going to open up the phone lines right now, 20 fingers. The 11th caller through at 416-870-1050 wins exclusive access for two to the Open Gym presented by Bell event on February the 13th, including a viewing party, live panel discussion. Coco, access to shoot hoops and take photos on the Raptors' home court. Fire up some threes, that sounds awesome. Fan engagement stations, food and beverage, and more. So again, the number, 416-870-1050. The 11th caller through wins those tickets, and we've got our Waste Management keyword coming up in the next 30 minutes or so as well, but man, you get on the Scotiabank Arena floor, start firing up some threes like you did at the Raptors 905 tryout mm-hmm. all those Making years it it rain, ago. Making, Making it rain, buddy. Making it rain. Elite layupper. That's you. <laughs> that's, that's me, you. buddy. That's, that's what the pressure that you has been. I mean, that guy's been playing incredible basketball of late, and you wonder how he fits into the long term for the Raptors, and what type of opportunities he could get if a guy like OG Ananobi was traded, who did go down against Portland. That was an injury that did not look particularly good. Or was that against Golden State? I can't seem to recall now. There's so much sports going on this week and can barely keep it, uh, keep it aligned. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was quite a performance from the Raptors against Portland. And I believe they're in action again tonight against... Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns in yep. Phoenix, a game you can listen to on TSN 1050. The Raptors slight underdogs to a Suns team that, I mean, let's be honest here, they've underachieved, but this is a team that could get hot in the second half if they get healthy, and that's going to be a good test for the Raps. I think we'll see what their true medal is in a game like tonight against a Phoenix team mm. that has a lot to play for uh, down the stretch here as they are on the cusp of a playoff spot in the Western Conference. We'll get back in the Leafs in hour number four as well. Anthony Gargano coming up. Amit Mann from Yahoo Sports. And again, our waste management keyword coming up as well. The fourth and final hour on this busy Monday morning here on First Up begins next.